Hi, I'm Lily Head and welcome to another of our Dental Business Transaction podcasts. All our podcasts are available on our website and can be downloaded through Apple, Spotify, Podbean and also Google Podcasts. And there are some video versions of interviews on our YouTube channel, so please do subscribe and follow us. Now today I have great pleasure in introducing somebody that I've had the pleasure of working with for many years, Simon Hockin of Now Breathe. Uh, Simon has been 20 years a dentist, in fact, and is also a formally trained mentor um, in business coaching. In his career previously as well, Simon has been a published author. He wrote a book called Moonwalking for Dentists, and he's also had time as a BBC radio presenter discussing dental matters. So Simon, good morning and welcome. How are you? I'm very well, thanks Lily, and thank you very much for having me today. I really appreciate it. It's an absolute pleasure. How's life treating you right now? Well, um, strange times, obviously, but um, we've got plenty of clients who are taking uh, steps to make sure their practices are safe and, and uh, profitable during, these, during the pandemic. And um, we're pretty busy, um, busier than I thought we'd be. So uh, we're, we're working, obviously, remotely. Um, unfortunately, it's always nice to go and visit clients, but I spend a lot of time staring at a screen. But apart from that, we're, we're, we're great and healthy and well and uh, homeschooling our kids like everybody else. So we're all looking forward to a holiday, Lily. Yes, I'll <laughs> amen to that one. Um, perhaps we can start a little bit, Simon, by uh, telling our listeners a little bit about yourself and what kind of services you offer. I suppose it's important um, for the listeners to know that I'm also a dentist as well as a business coach. And uh, that gives me the advantage of being able to speak the language of dentistry and also to understand the stresses and the strains of being both a practice owner and a clinician. And uh, I, I um, set up three squat practices in the 1980s and 1990s and then sold them in the 2000s. Unfortunately, not through you, Lily. And in those days, uh, dental practice goodwill was much smaller than it is now so slightly regret um, not hanging on to them for a bit longer but anyway I trained as a, a coach I did a master's degree in coaching mm-hmm. and um, since then I've worked with over a thousand dentists which seems an extraordinary number and tells you just how old I am now and, and there's very little I haven't seen um, in terms of dentistry I've seen the very best and and I hope I've seen the very worst as well i I certainly don't want to see any more terrible practices, but there are a few about, as you and I know, and there are some very, very good practices about. And as for the sort of services we offer, well, I suppose we've gone through lots of phases in our business where we've been a one-stop shop, where we've offered marketing and sales training and reception and all that kind of thing. And these days we're deliberately a smaller business to make our lives simpler and to give us some time off. And what we mostly do is to work one-to-one with principals to help them have a strategic plan for their business and then to help them implement the plan. And quite often these days, we help people on an exit strategy so that they're on the path towards selling their practices uh, and selling them for the, for the best possible value. So um, that's pretty much where we are at the moment. We, we tend not to, we do the odd squat practice. We did a couple last year, which was interesting. 
to help help practitioners get started from nothing. That's always a, an exciting adventure to be part of. We have a large network of people that we work with, um, which we're very protective of. I'm, I'm a bit cynical at my old age about uh, businesses in dentistry, particularly those that, that claim to be specialist businesses. And there are so many businesses that promise things to dentists and are, are just not very effective. So we, we manage to, to push our clients towards the right help when they need it. So we've stopped being a one-stop shop these days and we, we rely on some very good people that we work with. Yes, well, I know I can obviously see that firsthand because some of the clients of yours we've helped over the years, you know, we've seen the substantial uh, increase on their turnover and their profitability, having worked with you for many years and in many cases. So um, what would you say are the most effective tactics to grow a dental practice? You know, I mean, how big can a practice get? What insight can you give us on that? Well, it's a great question. Um, the answer to how big is probably much bigger than anybody imagines. Um, to give you a quick example, we worked with a practice in Exeter not that long ago uh, that was bought by um, a very entrepreneurial guy. And when he bought it, it was grossing about £400,000. And we worked with him for just over three years. And uh, by the time he was ready to sell it, um, three or four years down the track, the practice was turning over 2.4 million and he sold it for more than that. So uh, the key uh, tactic for him in growing his practice was to open it seven days a week. It was a city centre based practice mm -hmm. and it was uh, uh, very um, central in the city and it was had great location and lots of visibility and there was a demand. He was the only practice in in the city that was open seven days a week. So um, let me just give you some, some tactics that we would use um, with a lot of practices. The first thing to think about, the thing that most dentists want to do first is to get new patients and they love getting new patients and we call it being better in the, in the courtship than the marriage. And they've often got loads and loads of patients and you walk into a practice yeah. and they're everywhere. They're in the files and they're they're stuffed in the cracks in the walls and you open the door and there's a cupboard full of patients <laughs> and they, they've given up on them. And so the first thing we do is to say, let's just get hold of all those patients you've already got before you start getting new ones. Let's find out who you've got and, and re reactivate the ones you haven't seen for a while. And most importantly, we help them increase the value of their patients so that the patients are likely to spend more every time they come to the practice. And I'll give you a quick example. I spoke to a dentist in the Midlands a few days ago and uh, he had a three surgery practice grossing £370,000 with 4,000 patients. And if you quickly do the maths, you'll see that each patient is worth £92.50 per year. If he were to increase the value of his patients and have them spend £130 a year rather than £92.50, his gross would go to 520000 so he'd, he'd grow his practice by £150,000 or just under 50% mm -hmm. simply, by, simply by selling the patients more services. Absolutely. So uh, working, with, working with your existing patient base is the first step. And then clearly once you've got that working well, the next step is to sort out your marketing and your sales. And um, 
a lot of practices are, uh, are conscious of the need to go marketing and they build themselves websites and they're all over social media. But in my experience, very few practices are any good at, at sales. And so they get the, the patients arrive at the front door and they're willing and, and uh, they have a need that, and, and they have outcomes that they want and the practices have no idea what to do with them. And they have no idea how to communicate with them or how to follow them up or how to, um, or how to even price what, what it is that the patients want. So um, although there's lots of companies that are good at dental marketing, but there's very, very few practices that address the need to make sales within a practice. So that's a, a great place to look if you want to grow a practice. And I suppose the third one would be to move patients to your associates. In many practices, the dentist is, the owner is the highest grossing dentist in the practice. Mm -hmm. And whenever, you, whenever I see that, I know we've got a problem because that means the dentist is hanging on to all the patients, hanging on to all the work, working the longest hours, taking the least amount of holiday, and it's also very hard to replace. And, and so um, one of the things we get our clients to do is to fall in love with the idea of associates, to look after them, treat them very well, and move and lots and lots of patients over to the associates. And I always say to our dentists, it's, it's a little bit like feeding your children. If you're sitting down around the table with your children, you need to feed them first. You need to feed your associates first. Better you have a gappy diary than your associates have a gappy diary because principals know how to build a diary and associates very often don't know how to build a diary. So keep the associates busy, keep them really busy, feed them first and if you have gaps in your diary as a principal then you can fill those in all the ways you've managed to do over the many years you've been working as a principal. So those are our three top tactics Lily. Um, increase the value of existing patients, sort out your marketing and your sales, and move continuing care patients or regular patients to your associates. I totally agree and especially the last point you made Simon is very relevant in our world because obviously one of the things we do when we do our professional valuations for our clients and we, we recommend they do just that is they start to spread out the income load across associates, hygienists, therapists because when valuing a business ready in preparation for sale obviously any incoming buyer is going to be looking at the risk value when that principal leaves so it's a good time to start yeah. pushing the work out generally um, because otherwise as you say it becomes all about them and once they're gone they're obviously the profits are going to drop so that's very very sage advice um, now let's talk about quality of life how do you own and grow a practice and still have a life <laughs> I meet a lot of dentists who have very little life outside of their, uh, of their practices yeah. and I feel a bit sorry for them really. Um, and one of the questions I often ask them is what have they given up since they've been a dental practice principal? And the answer is often they've given up a lot. They've given up their hobbies and their pastimes and their mm -hmm. passions and their sport. And the first thing I do is to say, look, you know, those are the things that are going to keep you energized and keep you well. And, and so I get them back into some of the things that they've, that they've let go of. And in order to do that, of course, um, they've, got to, uh, they've got to have people in the practice they can delegate things to. Mm -hmm. 
And a lot of lot of principals think that it's a good idea to save money by not having a decent practice manager and not having a decent bookkeeper, not having a decent marketing person or sales trainer. Um, and they they try and save their money. And one of the things I say to them is, uh, if you're going to buy something, does it does it cost? Um, or does it support your practice? And, and lots of principals are great at buying bits of technology and bits of equipment, and it costs them, but it, sometimes they sit in the cupboard and it doesn't pay. So often, if, you, if you're willing to, to um, pay for a proper practice manager, and if you're willing to pay for lots of help and, and delegate, and give yourself some time off to go and enjoy your lives, the practice grows when you're not there as well as when you are there. So you need to be able to delegate and not hang on to everything. I still find dentists doing their bookkeeping on a Saturday morning sat at the kitchen table, which is extraordinary. Um, And and they need to be very organized uh, and they need to be they need to be a great role model for the practice as well. So that so that they're happy to delegate. Secondly, um, I get them to reduce the amount of clinical work that they do. There's no, not a lot of point in being a dental practice owner and being the hardest working clinician in the practice. You know, there's that old phrase about having a dog and barking, uh, and barking yourself, isn't there? You might as well, yeah. You might if you if you're the principal, you don't you don't have to be the guy that's or the, or the woman that's working hardest. That's that's what that's one of the pleasures of being a principal is that you can have other people working for you. So I think principals who are serious about growing their businesses and leading their businesses, they shouldn't be working clinically more than three or three and a half days a week. It doesn't mean they can go home on Wednesday afternoon. It means that once they've finished working clinically, they've got time to run their businesses and they've got time to lead their businesses and meet with their teams and and sit and ponder and think about how they're going to grow their businesses and make those phone calls and send those emails and watch those videos and whatever else that they need to do in order to grow the business. And I suppose lastly, um, I'd have I'd have them um, have something in their life other than dentistry. Mm-hmm. You know, dentists can get a bit boring. We just say it quietly so that they don't hear us, but they can be a bit dull because they've given up on so much. Yeah. And, you know, I encourage them to have passions and interests and things they want to do outside of dentistry. So as when they go to work, they can, they're, they're refreshed and they're focused and they're, they're happy and they're, they're, ready to, they're ready to commit to their dental practice. So it's all about balance, yeah. Lily, isn't it? it? Is. You and I know that about balance in the, in the work that we do. Remind me again the book you recommended that I, I, I read. Yeah, so, well, yes, it's Younger Next Year is a great book by Chris Crowley for people who are coming towards the end of their dental yes. practice careers and want to uh, create a life um, when they finish being a dentist and, and maintain their fitness and maintain their health and their, mm. their happiness and to have a great a third age of their lives you know that it's the idea that once you stop working there's still a third of your life left and you want to be enjoying it for as long as possible so a lot of our clients um, go down that path I suppose the other uh, can I just throw in a quick uh, yeah let me throw a quick one in 
don't be an old dentist. That's the other thing, you know. Uh, if, you're, if you're in your 50s, you should be thinking about stopping. You shouldn't, nobody wants to be an old dentist, you know. It's a difficult job to do when you're older. It, you know, your back starts to feel uncomfortable, your shoulders start to ache, you can't see as well as you could when you were younger. Um, you get tired, you get stressed. You know, make your money while you're younger and then stop. You know, stop in your 50s. Great advice. So, throw this one at you. What are the top three habits then of a successful practice owner? Well, the, the best ones always have a plan. You know, there are so many practices I walk into and I say to the team, so what's the plan for this year? And they look at me like I've just come from the moon. Or I say to the principal, you know, so, so what is it you want to achieve in 2021? And they go, well, um, well, just, and it's as if they're just surviving. They're just going from one week to the next, one month to the next, one year to the next. And so successful practice owners, they have a plan and they're implementing the plan and they have a forecast, financial forecast, a growth forecast, and they're using their forecast to set themselves targets and they're monitoring their success. So they have some sort of roadmap that they're following so that they're getting from A to B and they know where B is as well. So I always look for a plan. If they haven't got a plan, that's one of the things I want to help them do. Secondly, they have plenty of time off. Successful practice owners take a lot of time off and I'm talking eight to 10 weeks a year. So I have some lovely um, clients up in Harrogate, uh, two partners in their early 50s in a lovely practice and each of them takes a month off in the summer. One takes August off and the other takes September off. And that's a great thing to do as a dentist. If you take four weeks off, it's just, it's, you come back and it's like a new business. You're, you're, you're absolutely refreshed and mm -hmm. you, you've cleared all the rubbish out of your head and you're ready to go. So take, take lots of time off. You know, If you're the highest earning person in the practice, it's really hard to take lots of time off because the practice takes such a, a hit when you're not there. So that's another good reason for having associates and particularly high grossing associates. Um, so that's the third thing really, don't be the most important dentist in the practice. And one of the, one of the tactics I encourage my clinicians to, to use is to hire dentists who are better than they are. Now that's quite controversial because every principal thinks they're a great dentist. But I say, go out and find people that are better than you are and then you don't have to do everything. And once they get into the habit of that and, and go out and find great dentists, um, the pressure comes off them because they don't have to be the best person at doing restorative dentistry or periodontal treatment or whatever. They can be the yeah. best practice owner in the business. They yep. can be the best leader, but they don't have to be the best clinician. So shall I just summarize that? They've got, they've got a plan. They take plenty of time off and they're not the highest fee earner in the practice. And that, those are the successful practice owners. In fact, some practice owners I work with don't do any clinical dentistry at all. They've retired from clinical dentistry, but they, they're still owning a practice and loving it. Very inspirational words, Simon, and I think people listening to this, it's gonna certainly give food for thought to a lot of people um, and probably gives them some hope, actually, because we certainly see many clients that fit the profile that you've been talking about. Um, you know, they're working so hard, they take no time. 
to work on their business. They're so busy working in the business and it's very easy to fall into that trap, I know. And you, you know, you're just like a hamster in a wheel, you're going round and round and you need to come out and give yourself time, like a clarity break, to look at what's going on. I think it's, I think it's driven by fear, Lily. Mm. I think that a lot of practice owners are quite anxious about their practices yeah. and, and you know, they think it's all gonna fall over mm. and they don't stop being the hamster on the wheel mm. um, because they're scared that if they did, everything would fall apart. Yeah. And, and that's, that's where we often have to rescue them and say yeah. it's, it's not about just spinning the wheel. Otherwise, you know, they don't live very long, do they? Oh, that, that, yes, that's something that often one sees as well, which is a real tragedy, isn't it? You work hard all your yeah. life and your health gives up or, the, or even more bleaker outcomes. Yes. Um, when people reach out to you, Simon, what's the sort of initial um, sort of introductory service that you offer somebody? So hopefully, you know, as a back of this, this chat today, you're going to be getting some calls from clients. How does it work? Well, uh, there's no substitute for a good old chat with a client. Um, and of course, we usually do this on Zoom or by phone now. Uh, and uh, the last thing I want to talk about is coaching. What I tend to talk about is with, a, with, with somebody's interest in what we do is, is what objectives they have or what issues they have. And I try and help them solve a few things whilst we're, whilst we're talking together. Yeah. And by doing that, they can discover whether I'm the sort of person that they want to work with, yeah. whether they like. I'm quite a direct, and uh, 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 which some people find difficult, um, quite a direct sort of guy. And I, you know, I don't I don't mince my words, I suppose, because I've been doing it for so long now, I can see the issues really quickly and help people. I know what solutions will work pretty fast. So we have a good old chat, three quarters of an hour or an hour, and then I say to them, you know, go off and have a think about it. And if, if you think we might be the right coaching organization for you, then, then we'll spend a day together and have a good old look at your practice and meet your team and look at your competitors. And usually the first task really is to build a plan for yeah. them. So we have a chat first and if they like us, we usually spend a day together and the outcome of that day generally is to build a plan to take them forwards uh, and move them uh, uh, towards wherever it is they want to go. And then sometimes that's enough, and, and, but often um, they want some help putting the plan into place mm. and we spend time helping them implement the plan. Yeah. That's very good advice because I think, you know, current, as you know, in our business, we have business coaching on a regular basis and um, people need somebody else to point them the way sometimes. You think you can fall into the trap very easily of thinking you know what you're doing, you know where you're going, but you're so immersed in your actual business and day-to-day -day activity. And I would imagine, well, I know for fact, clients of yours that we've helped in the past, they really value your time and your... Uh, I suppose, the support that you give them emotionally, as well as the sort of financial overview and, and help you give them. It's having you on side is like a great crutch for people to know that they're not alone. Um, and that is a huge benefit, I think, to the, to the morale and the well-being of many, many dentists. Well, I, ho I hope so. And yes, um, and they know they can call us and, and talk to us at any time. And a lot of them over the years have become friends and may not be clients anymore, may have sold their practices even, mm. but we still talk yeah. and we still meet up and we still have a beer together. And you know, it's a small world, Lily, and, and you know, we, we love the clients we work with. Um, 
uh, and we you know we get to know them very well and it's not always about the business is it it's no. the thing about a dentist is is that it, their whole life is in in their practice yeah. and so you can't separate their work from no. from the rest of their life so we we get to know them awfully well um, which which is important really because you're coaching the person as well as their business so it's important that we all get on well that's good now what's the best way for somebody to get hold of you Simon well inevitably we're online Lily so you'll find a website called nowbreathe.co.uk um, or you can email me at simon at nowbreathe.co.uk um, but we're pretty easy to find and, and just give me a call and uh, I unlike most people these days I usually answer the phone <laughs> so <laughs> or send me an email and we'll arrange to have a chat that's great lovely um, Simon it's been great talking to you thank you so much and and I've really enjoyed our chat today because some of the insights you've given me they ring so true not only in ourselves in a business but so many of our clients and so hopefully this will inspire many dentists listening um, don't forget, of course, you can listen to any of our Dental Business Transaction podcasts through our website um, on lilyhead.co.uk. Um, we can listen to them through Apple, Spotify, Podbean, and also on our YouTube channel for video accompaniments. Um, if anybody would like any help at all to discuss buying, selling, a dental practice, business coaching, anything at all, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. And we can be reached very simply at dentalbrokers at lilyhead co.uk. Thank you very much for listening and Simon I hope to talk to you again very soon. Thank you very much Lily. It's been an absolute pleasure. Bye. Bye.